0: Bear Nation, how are we doing? This is your host, Rob Napoli, and you are tuning in to another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, ecosystem partners, and innovation folks, talk about what it takes to launch, create, and scale businesses across the world. Absolutely. Hey, y'all, we're back again for another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast, and I couldn't be more excited about today. In fact, I should have hit record about 10 minutes ago because right now and I've been chopping it up um, and, and hitting some high notes. But uh, my guest today is uh, not only a badass founder, business owner, entrepreneur, podcast host, sales enthusiast, and now published fucking author. Speak um,
1: it. Speak it. <laughs> but, <he, laughs>
0: but he is somebody that I uh, call a really good friend. We met uh, online during 2020 uh, when we were running our happy day group. Uh, boot camps. Um, we connected, we had him on a panel, we connected again and we just kept staying in touch. And then I came to a business suburban event in DC and it was like, minute I met Ronald in person. It was like, I met somebody that I've known for 20 years. Uh, and I think that's the kind of relationship we've had um, since we've known each other for the last three years. And so I'm excited to have you on the pod. He's an award-winning entrepreneur. He's a business leader who has dedicated the past two decades to helping people and businesses maximize their growth. And he has some of the dopest, realist content out there. He does not afraid to post and he talks about the real shit that happens. So right now, thank you for being on the show, my guy. Rob,
1: it is my pleasure, dude. And yes, to your point, man, I wish we were running this shit like 10 minutes early because we're just vibing. But here's the thing. I know that that will continue because, you know, real recognize real. So you and I can do this thing for hours if if we uh, and we have. That, that <laughs> well, is that's, true. That's not, we, the audience <laughs> probably doesn't want us to
0: go for hours this time, but we could. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, before we kind of get into it, um, I want to say I love uh, you know, the new look of your, your studio is the, Thanks, bro. is the uh, NBA jam still in the corner there? It's just it a, is, hidden out of the frame.
1: It is still in the corner. It's, hit, it's hidden out of the frame and it really wasn't supposed to be part of my backdrop. It was supposed to be part of my mental health routine, but you know, it was my, my, a, a way of stepping away from the work for like little bite size moments. Right. So I could kind of refresh, but shit, it's just become like a cool backdrop piece now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. And and I love that you have like the vinyl, you've got the shut up the shut the hell yeah. up and sell, you've got the, the whiskey collection in the corner. And for those that don't know right now has um a couple of different businesses, one being business in bourbon, which is yeah. not really a business, but more I would say of a community, an event organizer, um a network, um extraordinaire. It, it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but it's around this idea that you get great people in a room, good conversation happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just so happens over a glass of whiskey, right? So yeah. would love for you to tell, you know, what, to me, I've always loved business of bourbon. What was the idea behind it? Like what got you excited about business and whiskey? And then how did, how did those two fusion happen in your brain to create? Um, and what I, what I say about business of bourbon, I don't think it's a business. I think it's a, an excuse. It's an experience. Every no doubt. thing is intentional. Every interaction is an experience with the brand. So let's talk through that a little bit. Let's start there.
1: You know, Rob, one of the biggest misconceptions about business and bourbon is that we're about whiskey. We're not. We're about business and we're about creating an experience where leaders can connect, right? Where they can connect and, and we're super intentional about business. There are a few things that, that drive us. Um, one, education, inspiration, and motivation. Those three things drive us, right? We want to make sure that everything that we're doing is educating, inspiring, or motivating people. Um, the second thing is we want to help people to do better business. And we believe that the key to doing that is through building deeper relationships. So, you know. W- if you come to like a business and bourbon in person experience, it starts with getting the right people in the room. Our our community are people like you, man. That's it, that's the magic. A lot of entrepreneurs and and sales leaders that are that are coming together for the right reasons, which are not to sell people their shit. It's to grow their businesses and to build relationships with with other people that are like minded. And that's you know putting myself out the way that I have over the last you know five ish years in social media has really help to create that community of like-minded people like you. It attracts people like you, like me, that kind of have some similar ambitions, have similar aspirations, have similar values. So that's what you get when you come to a business and bourbon experience. So, you know, what we do is we just try to create experiences that make impact, that aren't superficial, that aren't bullshit, right? Um, Here's what it is not. It is not a, like, come and get drunk whiskey tasting. Nope. It's not about we we invite great entrepreneurs and leaders like you. Thank you for being one of our panelists at Business and Bourbon to come again and to educate and inspire. My job at the end of the day is to create an environment that's conducive for connection. Right. Conducive. What's a win for me? It's like that people when they leave a business and bourbon experience, whether it be online or in person, that again, we check one of those three boxes. They got educated, they got inspired, or they got motivated. That's what it's about. That's our secret sauce. Our secret sauce is an intentionality, an an intentional rather intentional focus on the audience. I care about them. When they win, we win. And, And just so that I'm clear, Rob, this isn't like some altruistic, you know, heal the world bullshit. This is this is the way to do business, guys. This is the way to be successful in business. The way to be successful in business is you got to take yourself out of it. You got to you got to separate yourself, separate your product and your service from the outcomes that you're trying to pres- you're trying to create for the people that you serve. Right? So when my audience comes and and wins, which is they get a connection, they get educated, they get motivated, that's how I win. It builds affinity for my brand, it builds affinity for the brands of our partners and sponsors. And they're, they're right. We can now connect with those folks and do more business with them. So we're super intentional about business. And, you know, like I tell people, people oftentimes will screw up the name. They'll be like, oh, bourbon and business. I'm like, nope. It's always business before bourbon. That's what we're about.
0: Well, I love that because, you know, the three things, you know, inspired. um. Was inspired, motivated, and education,
1: motivation, inspiration,
0: inspiration. Yeah. Cause usually all three are going to get hit, especially in, in, and I know it's different, right? We're talking pre-show about, you know, we did a podcast. So we I, I went to the DC business of Urban um, was it two years ago back in 2021, uh, yeah. which was amazing. Was was on the panel. Um, and we did a podcast afterwards. We were talking about like, you know, the podcast in person, You're looking eye to eye and you're vibing off each other. You know, this format, this virtual format we do podcast is amazing, right? We can do a lot of cool stuff. We can reach such a great audience. We can talk to people from all over the world. But there's something about doing things in person, taking that back a step to that event. You know, what I love about the idea of business and bourbon and kind of doing the whiskey tasting and the food pairing was it gave everyone a reason to connect and interact. There was built-in icebreakers. Like the hardest part about networking event is you sit and you sit with your little table, your little group. It's hard to put yourself out there and talk, but if you have food or drinks to do that and then like network over and like that becomes your icebreaker and it turns into conversation, it was so easy to converse with everybody there Yeah. because we could use like the whiskey and the food as as a starting point because that is like universal, right? Like we, we talk about how we break bread with people. It, it's kind of that art of breaking bread and it opens up the door for so much organic conversation, which I think was, you know, a huge part of the experience. And the thing I want to also bring up to everyone out there listening, I have never met, um, you know, and Ronald talks a lot about, you know, it's not altruistic to him. Like it means something to him. I've never met a host of an mm-hmm. event who purposefully stays away from the first part of networking as to not attract attention to himself, so that everyone in that room has to connect over the event. To me, that that was kind of like a, a glass breaking, mind-shattering moment because, because we talked about it after, like you purposefully kept yourself away just so everyone would not crowd you and want to talk to you as the host, they would talk to each other. And that was fucking amazing.
1: You know, Rob, when you really focus on the outcomes of the people that you serve, it changes your mindset on everything in business. This is where you know business leaders and sales leaders kind of screw up because we think it's about us, we're the star if we're if and so we, we lose focus on the outcomes that we want to create now, Rob, those little actions. You know, the the way that we present food, which, which, by the way, guys, is super intentional. One thing that we don't do at Business and Bourbon, like you're not going to sit down and like put your at a table and have your knife and fork and cut through. No, everything is built to be collaborative and connection and, and, and help people to connect. Right. To your to your point um, and how you mentioned the food and, and the whiskey and how we intertwine that with the education and the speakers and all that. So that it's collaborative. So we give people a reason to converse. We give them a reason to connect and talk. Um, so, yeah, I, again, when you're focused on the people that you serve and getting them the outcomes that they need, um, you do things like that. That's the reason why I don't come down. Right. Because I want them to connect. I want them to win. And when they win, I win. And it, part of, of what we've been able to create because of this intention to serving the audience is a legion of advocates for our brand. And that's my goal. That's my focus at the end of the day. I don't want customers. And this is a lesson to all you entrepreneurs out there. You don't want customers. You don't want customers. You want advocates. Advocates are way more powerful than customers. An advocate is going to sell for you. An advocate, that's someone that you don't have to ask for a referral. They're sending people over to you. You know, I, 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 I get emails and direct messages all the time from people that are like, Hey, listen, I'm such and such who's a partner and business and bourbon said that I got to meet you. I got to work with you. And that happens very frequently. And that happens because we have built advocates out of those people. You build advocates, but not just by, you know, providing your product or service you provide, you, you, you create advocates by, By creating outcomes, uh, emotional outcomes, impactful outcomes that make a difference.
0: I I absolutely fucking love that. And I think that's a great fucking lesson, right? And I think we are so taught, it's so kind of bought into us that we're always selling, right? Like, and you are, you're kind of always selling yourself every, every, you know, for even the people that don't work in sales, every day you walk outside and you interact with society, you're kind of selling yourself by the way you dress, the way you move, the way you talk, the way you interact, the way you don't interact. Yeah. But when we turn that into a business and we start thinking about our business in terms of we're not selling ourselves, we're delighting our customers. We're trying to serve our ecosystems. And when we talk about service, that service based model creates advocates and when advocates create opportunity and opportunity for you to sell in a way that you're not pushing and being forceful, but it's, it's more natural and, 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 it's amazing. So, you know, that's something that I think takes a lot to learn. So let's kind of go back a step because I know that you've had some other businesses, some that have done well and some that haven't. So let's talk about some of the challenges. What was your early business venture like and and how did you come to this ideation or what was the, some of the lessons learned that you had to kind of flip that on your head to be like, oh, it's not about me. And Kind of walk us through, like, because I, I feel like business and bourbon, you don't create something like business and bourbon and that methodology without having learned some real hard lessons. So let's talk oh, about yeah. that. If you, if you wouldn't mind sharing maybe a few challenges in your early days.
1: Oh, man. So, you know, one of the things before we talk about it, I'd love to dispel uh, uh, this, I don't want to say myth, but just. This is some, some bullshit that's out there, Robin. Here, here's what the bullshit is. Like everyone talks about service. Like, so you guys are listening to me right now and you're like, Oh, you've heard this shit before. Yeah. service. of course, yeah, of course. Everyone talks about solutions and service. Everybody I'm in the technology sales world. I don't know a company that's in that space. I do a lot of work with technology companies and SaaS companies, UCAS companies. Everyone talks about that shit, but very few really understand what that means. And part of the reason for that is everything in business and sales is usually about us, right? Like, um, you know, there's when, whether you're prospecting or you're building your business or whatever, it's really, it's, it's, it's understanding yourself. It's motivating yourself. It's all of these things. So it's me, 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 me. But the minute, the second someone grants you an audience with them, the minute that someone honors you with their time, their most prized asset, it now has to be about them. You got to flip the switch. And so like, that's what, that's what I'm teaching in the book. So in the book, I, again, we talk about things like solution selling and, um, and, and service, but people don't really know how to do it how do you flip that switch? How do you turn? So, so I wanted to educate people on how to do that, right? So that, that's I didn't want us to just gloss over that. Because I know you guys hear it so often, everyone's talking about solution selling and service and, and, you know, and doing things with the heart and all this. There's And, you know, it's all it's all this altruistic stuff. But like, we don't really everything's like so theoretical, we really don't know what it means or how to actually you know, put action to make that happen. And it's hard because we're fighting against a natural intention, a natural inclination to be me, 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 me. You feel me?
0: Absolutely. And and one of the things that I see all the time, right. Working um, not only in the sales training world, but especially with entrepreneurs and uh, you know, I, I get to work with so many businesses that are coming from outside into the U S and, and these different cultures and things. And it's so funny to me how, many people talk about service but how few walk the talk about service yes mm-hmm. and that's why i think it's such a buzzy catchy thing absolutely but you don't fucking see it enough right and, and and tell me if you you know this resonates with you how many times that you know when you finally grant an audience with somebody it's 30 minutes of them talking at you and not talking with you right it's like why the fuck did i just sit in that 30 minute call
1: so so rob part of the reason is because they don't know how they don't know how to do anything. Think about if you go to a corporate sales environment, or, or, or you, you, you get hired in corporate, or you go to a sales training or whatever. You're taught how to do discovery. And You're saying, "Hey, look, okay, I got to ask these questions." Right? When I sit down with when, when Rob grants me an audience, I got to have my questions prepared, and I'm going to ask Rob my questions. So here's where I turn this shit on its on its head. Your questions are all wrong. They're wrong because your questions are all centered on you. Like when I sit down with you, Rob, and, and I'm selling you laptops i'm going to ask you questions about you know hey, well, Rob, how do you use laptops? Well, you know what and the, you know, and um do you like keyboards that do this and this? Think about this. The questions that I'm asking you are all from from the standpoint of my product and service and what I do. Listen, you wouldn't be sitting in. Fr- I wouldn't be sitting in front of you, Rob, if I didn't already have alignment. I know you could potentially need a laptop, right? That's why you granted me an audience. So the minute I get in front of you, I got to start asking you questions about what's going on in your world. I got to find out what matters the most to you, because then once I understand what matters the most to you, when I turn around and I present my laptop to you, it's like, okay, Rob. So here's the thing: I'm I'm going to propose this whatever laptop to you because. This is going to impact the shit you care about. Now, now you'll be able to do this that allows you to, you know, to, to manage your QuickBooks better or whatever. I don't know. Some, some, I'm not the computer guy, but you know, you, you guys get the point. So we have to, it starts with changing the way that we do discovery and that we ask questions. We have to ask questions to really uncover what's going on in that person's world. What matters most to them? What are their ambitions? What are their aspirations? What are they, what's going to get them hired? What's going to get them fired? And that's, it's not that hard to do. This is stuff that I teach too. It's not that hard to do because people love to talk about themselves. If you are, you know, you're hitting on those right triggers and you're genuinely curious or aggressively curious.
0: And I, this is something that I love, you know, and we talked about this. And so I'll also link in here. Um, I was on your podcast for the book, Shut the Hell Up and Sell. And we are talking about retail days and retail experience. Yeah, yeah. And how we both got our start in retail. And one of the things that I know made me successful in, t- in, in selling shoes, when my first job was selling shoes, I worked, my first job was a customer service working at a pizza restaurant. And then I got into selling shoes. People used to come in all the time. And it was easy to like, oh, this shoe is great because of this and so on or that. And I would, but my first question, I'll be so. Like, oh, why are you looking for a new pair of shoes? Is this, is this to go with a fit? Is this, you know, are you looking at I, I saw a lot of running shoes. Like, what kind of running do you do? You know, are you more of a sprinter? Are you doing long distance? Are you just hitting the treadmill? Are you hitting pavement? And like, oh, that's an interesting question. Well, the reason I ask is some shoes are better for hitting pavement and some are better with treadmill. And then I would talk about their gait and they'd be like, wait, how do you know about this? It's like, well, I'm actually going to school for exercise science. So, but also just like the natural, you know, flip. And it, when you start talking about that, like it, it made it so easy. And I became a top seller because I never tried to sell the shoe. I asked them what they were using it for and what their goals were. And they would start talking about it. I was like, well, hey, I know that there you, go. you may be a Nike fan and I can show you what Nike shoes are best. But based on what you're telling me, my recommendation is actually the New Balance. It's not as cool looking. It's not Nike, but you'll get more tread out of them and your feet will thank you. Would you be interested in trying them on? And that was that was it. You
1: know, now, Rob, what happens when you when you deliver when you what, what, what ultimately happens when you go through the process that you went through is you're going to deliver better outcomes for them. Right. So they're going to be when they go home and they start running. they are like, oh, shit. Hold on. God damn. Yeah, this this feels good. And they're going to come back and buy more shoes from you. That was beautiful. People don't. This is simple stuff. People don't get
0: and that's, and that's why I say, you know, it's a lesson learned. And I was sitting in, um, you know, there's a book called gap selling by Kenan. Um, and I saw him at flip the script tour with Beck Holland, Larry Long Jr. And, um, Guillaume um, Mbappe Mbake. Um, and he was talking about how he has all of his sell- sellers when they do their kind of, um, thing, they never say, um, they always say it is my recommendation, My recommendation is this, right? You're giving them a recommendation, not a product. And I was thinking back, I was like, shit, I've been doing that my whole life. I've always talked about my recommendation would be this, and it's because I got that lesson in retail. And so, you know, what started, kickstarted this whole conversation was like, so some of those hard lessons learned, you know, there's a great story about the gold watch um, in your book. I'm not going to have you tell it right here because I want people to go get your book, but it's one of my favorite stories. And it, it taught you a lot of tough lessons. And that's, that's why I kind of asked that question is like okay. getting here is all about some of these lessons learned. And I've, I've had a chance to read the book and we'll, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but tell me about some of those lessons. What, what was that? Yeah. Like, when, do you remember when, and it might, you know, maybe not pinpoint, but do you kind of remember when your mindset, started, your mindset started shifting as you were growing up in your sales world? have I mean, you've been doing this a long time. Absolutely. And, and I know that it was different early days to later days. So when would when did your mindset shift start happening? I know that you're you know you came from a very entrepreneurial family, so you, you've been doing this <laughs> since the day you could walk. But talk about that mindset and, and when you started figuring this shit out.
1: I I absolutely remember when when it started to happen, and you know nothing is like you know an immediate like light switch, right? It, it's something that, that happens over time, and this is why I always tell people like, man consider the source when you're looking for advice, you're looking for direction, you're following people on social media, like check them out, make sure that they've, they've lived the lives that, that they're, you know, that, that lived lives and have experience. that lends to credibility to be able to tell you what to do. Okay. So for me, and I think this is actually something I share in the book. It's all good. That's something I share in the book. Um, it it started a turn for me when I was, before I was in full on entrepreneurship and I was working in corporate sales and I had, I come from a sales background. I'm, I'm super proud to be, to be a seller, always have been like, I was fortunate to start my sales career in, in, in an environment that wasn't like, you know, oh gosh, I just kind of fell into this or. Oh, you know, I want to get into marketing, but I got to do sales. No, like we were proud to be sales, to be sellers. And like, that's, we were what everybody else wanted to be. And this is, this is a bad, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a bad uh, example, but think about the, the movie, like Goodfellas, right? Think about Goodfellas and the young guys are watching the gangsters and they're like, yeah, we want to be like those guys. That's what it was like for us. Like for real, like we were the guys that people wanted to be. And they, and so I took a lot of pride in that. Anyway, the part of the flip side of that is I really developed this warrior mentality over, over the the early years where it was like, I took pride in like, just, Dominating and and kicking ass, going out there and killing the numbers and and you know selling and moving on to the next one and conquest and killing and we use all those sorts of analogies or or words back then and um and so I was working at one company and in the technology world you know you start at certain levels and then you move up you move into the bigger company and the bigger environment the bigger book of business the 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 um, you know, the larger segment, you know, you're going from SMB to enterprise and so on and so on to global. And so as I was making those moves up, I had gone from, I jumped from a couple of companies kept moving up. Then I got to the, the top company. At least we thought they were the top. I learned that at the end of the day, like they were the shittiest salespeople because they were the laziest salespeople because they were at the top story for another day. So I got to the the top At least, who I thought was the top at the time, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in the house. Like, I'm taking all these clients that I was working with at these other companies. They're gonna come right along with me, and so I started reaching out to these customers that I had been that I had sold at you know my other companies, and you know they'd grant me a meeting, or you know we'd hop on the phone, we'd shoot the shit for a minute, but like they weren't leaving. I couldn't get these people to come and I didn't get it. I'm like, yo, I'm your dude. Like I'm the guy, like, why, why aren't you coming with me? And what I learned through that was they weren't coming with me because of that mentality that I had. I wasn't really, I wasn't the one really providing them value. They weren't coming to me because they weren't my customer. They were the customer of the company that I was, that I was at. And I was just the dude that sold them something, right? And so I learned through that, that, I really needed to create advocates for me. And, um, and to do that, you got to earn them. Like you can't get it just by selling somebody and you sell somebody and someone else is delivering on it. Like you don't even have the opportunity to be an advocate, to create an advocate out of them. So, you know, I had already started my company on the side at that point. And that just kind of like helped to build a strong philosophy in in me that, hey, I got to make sure that I'm building strong customer loyalty. I'm getting, I'm building customer advocates. So like through that experience and a little bit of pain that, that came with that, that kind of, again, helped me to form that philosophy so that when I started my companies, like, okay, we're going to do more. We're going to, um, Build high affinity, and that's what you see. Like to this day, like with business and bourbon, has extremely high affinity. People love the brand. They love the brand because of how we make them feel. How we make them feel is very intentional because of everything that I've done and I built to get to this point. So I understand what successful outcomes are. I understand how to truly serve the audience. And not your own, while serving the audience, you're serving yourself too, right? but that's how you, that's how we win is by getting, making sure that, that they win. So that was not necessarily a story of failure, but it was, a, it would tells you, you know, how I learned, um, to, uh, or rather develop this philosophy.
0: And I love that. Cause I think through that different, that journey, right. And, and it's important for those out there listening or watching this, that that wasn't a linear journey that was over time, right. That was a, chunk of time that it took right now to, to grow and you know I think about it's it's funny because like going back to my first kind of real sales world role as a recruiter, if I still go back to Des Moines there's still people that remember me fondly and it's like you know people use my name and like I have a buddy who who used to, who came and worked for the company that I left um, when I moved to Italy. Uh, They ended up closing down and he went to another firm, but he would call and he'd be like, oh yeah, I used to work with Rob. Like Rob, was at my wedding, blah, blah. And it always granted a meeting. And I I remember thinking like, oh, that's really awesome, but was actually surprised at some of that loyalty that people had towards me, because that was the time in my life that I know that I was a taker more than a giver. And like, I sometimes look back at my career and and I don't regret anything, but I cringe at like how um, immature I was How you know selfish I was at different points in my career, and it kind of makes me like I've changed so much, and like I've seen that growth. And I think it's really important for us out there, you know, as we're growing, and and kind of like what you did is to look in the mirror and understand that growth happens. And you know, I think it's it's funny because we look at some of these kids today, the younger generation, because they're in such a digital age, they grow up faster. And it's like shit. When I was that age, that's not what I was thinking about. That wasn't the challenges I was solving. And you just have to understand, and this is where that philosophy is like, if you're always doing things for others and and not doing things for others, what I mean by this is that you have to be, I think you have to be selfish to be selfless, right? How can you fill up other cups if your cup isn't runneth over, right? Like your cup needs to runneth over to fill up others. And if you're filling up others to make you feel full, then there's something missing, right? And so when I think about, and this is why I love getting into this, this, this conversation with you, is when we think about, what you just shared in that story is when you when you start making about them and you really think about this, you're fulfilling your own cup by being a human, by providing value, by it coming back around in in the form of sales, and this takes time, and it it's so we and this is why you brought up a point, and I didn't want to like interject into it, but you talk about the people we follow online. And the biggest fucking myth out there that, and this is why I started this podcast, I talk about it all the time, is that so much, it's so much of a microwave economy. Like we wanted like so many overnight successes. And that's like what you don't see is that, that mentality switch of like, I used to do this and I went to the top and I tried to bring people over and I learned that I couldn't because it wasn't about me. I was just the guy that provided the service. It wasn't the yeah. value I provided. I was just the guy that sold the service. When you make that switch to being you as the person, the one providing the value versus you're just the person that sold the service, everything changes. And that fucking takes time. And so I, when you, and I, I wanted to bring this back because that, that to me is one of the biggest issues I have with, and that's why I talk about all the time. We need more engagers and less creators. Everyone wants to be a content creator right now. We don't need you to fucking create more content. Engage with content first. Show that you're valuable. Show that you're a part of the journey. Show that you care, and then create content and find your voice. Like it, it, it just befuddles me so much how people want to run before they can walk. And and, oh, and you sharing that story is what I wanted to happen. Out of it is like and I want to make that point. Like it took time to do that, and that's why I think you know your career has expanded so long, and so much has changed and happened and in your book talks about it's because all these lessons learned it's because sometimes you had to learn the hard way to, to, to understand what that means. Sorry. I'll get myself. And you got (laughs) to commit, man.
1: You got to commit and you got to have discipline and consistency. Um, By the time this is released, I'll probably, this will probably be public knowledge. I'm not supposed to say anything for like until the end of, for another like four weeks or so, but, um, I am being honored as one of the top influencers in the technology indirect channel world. Here's why this is a big deal. So, um, business and bourbon, uh, we're entering, you know, like five years, right. And this, and, and it's a long story of how, how it began, but it actually began like six years ago. But, but bottom line is it's, it's been five years. Um, And so I am, I am on a list with titans of that industry, right? People that are executives in billion dollar companies. And here I am running this little ass company in Atlanta, Georgia, that for all intents and purposes started out my basement. Right. And the way that I got there was through these lessons learned over, you know, the, the 15 years prior to that. And, um this intentional focus on what we've been talking about the whole theme of this of impacting um building advocates and really being intentional with how we serve our audience how i serve my my audience and my customers my my prospects my clients everybody right like whether it's through the content that is created like like guys i'm not just talking about when you come to an event, I'm talking about everything. Rob just has made mention of my content. I'm super intentional about content. I don't like superficial bullshit. I don't like it. If you, you guys are out there doing it and getting all your likes and everything, attaboys, more power to you. I'm not hating on you. It's not for me. Everything that I do, I try to do it with an eye on Impact and it makes impact. So how do you do that? Or what I here? I'll just tell you what I do. So like every time I'm posting something, I don't care if it's a picture or it's a video, there's always lessons. I'm checking one of those three boxes, education, inspiration, motivation. I'm intentional about that. And here's what happens with that. Sometimes you're not going to get the attention that you think that you deserve or you should get. It's just not going to, it just doesn't happen, but you'll get the intention that you need. Here's what I mean by that. I posted something like I don't. And this is this is one example. It's happened a b- bunch of times, but this is a really recent example. I posted something a couple of weeks ago, and it was one of my honest, authentic, in the moment entrepreneur shares. And it did okay. Um, you know, a few people some people looked at it. You know, liked it. You know, commented um, from from a analytics perspective. It did all right. It's not my best, not my worst, but I got a direct message from a leader in a very big company in the space. Very big company. One of the biggest who I'd never spoken to, never spoken to said, listen, Hey, I check for you. I see you. Um, I, I identify, I relate. Here's my number. Here's my personal number and my email. We need to, we need to chop it up. Right. So again, being intentional about the, these sorts of things, like whether it's the event, whether it's the content, like you build these these relationships and these communities and these network networks that you can really um, have tremendous success for because you've got great alignment. You got great alignment. You produce terrific outcomes. That's how you make a list. Like I'm, what will, will be announced with, um, you know, people that have multi million dollar marketing budgets. I don't have a multi-million market dollar marketing budget. No. Oh. <laughs> hold on! How much is in my pocket right now, Rob? Uh, let's see. I got I got thirty six dollars and twenty cents.
0: No? <laughs> I thought you were gonna at least say you had a bill in there. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the so the reality is, I got no cash in my pocket. Like who carries cash outside of my dad? My dad carries cash. But I, I don't carry I, cash.
0: I, I like to carry a little bit of cash, to be honest. Um, yeah. Kind of that old school. And also I use it cause like when I go in New York city, like bars and stuff, I'm always paying with a card, but what I'll do is I always kind of give like that first tip, like $5 and uh-huh. then I'll get great service the rest of the night. Like just give them like $5 on that first drink in cash and they kind of know you're serious and like they treat you well versus everyone else. Cause there's so many people, you know, that come to a bar in New York. It's so, like, if you just do that, like that little yeah. mental thing, like I get the best service and like people never forget me after that. So I always like to carry a little bit of cash for that reason. And also just like bodegas and stuff. Sometimes I don't want to charge $2 to a card, So I need a little bit of spending cash, but
1: I think that's the New New York York thing. I get it, man. Like before, and I honestly, I should probably carry cash because like, I feel like in this digital, digital currency world, um, or digital transactions, or I just, I'd probably tip way too much. Like (laughs) I'm getting, I feel like if I had cash, I'd be actually tipping less. I'd do better. Um, because it just says there's nothing in your hand. It's just like, okay, where's your Venmo code? Okay, I've got your Venmo. it's your cash app? and Anyway. You're man, I feel really like an asshole just- if I don't know. The-
0: <laughs> Bear Nation, thanks for listening to the Fair Necessities of Entrepreneurship. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review.